Hi guys, welcome to the next episode of Fitchwork Podcast. I am so incredibly excited for today's guest because you guys have literally been requesting her to come on every single week. Like I think since I started the podcast, you have been like the number one request. So I just feel like I'm fulfilling a large goal here, which I'm very happy about. And it's the one, the only, Katie Bilotti. Yay! I'm so happy to be here. This is like the crossover that needed to happen. I know, it really is. Yeah, I'm thrilled. And it's really crazy because I feel like we've both been doing YouTube for a really long time. Yeah. And we both live in New York and this is the first time we're meeting. Which is pretty crazy because we also have a lot of mutual friends. Yeah. So I'm just so happy that we could get together and like do this and hopefully hang out a lot more. No, definitely. I feel like it's so funny because I feel like I've met you. I was thinking earlier, I was I like, know. do I say nice to see you again? Because I don't remember if we've met because it's Maybe just like... Maybe we met at like an IMAX see, that's or thing, something because, like seven years but ago. But I feel like when we met, when you'd meet people at IMAX, it was like you met the 2011 version of them. So right. it's like a, just a whole different person. Like Totally. Here we are. I don't even want to remember what I was I don't, like in 2011. The outfits were the, the best part if you look back at the photos. I remember specifically that I had this outfit for IMATS and I said to my mom it was like this free people top and I was like this is the best shirt I own like this is the coolest outfit that I own I look so amazing and I have this picture of me and Tanya Burr oh Tanya and I was like I look back at it now and I'm like what was I wearing what was that I don't even think I knew what free people was at that point so like at least you had a leg up on me like I was probably wearing forever 21 the so. only thing I have to say about that is that I'm from Philly, so okay. I know Forever 21, Urban Outfitters, and Anthropology like the back of my hand, just because if you guys don't know, that's where they're headquartered. Anyways, we're going off on a tangent here. So today, me and Katie are going to talk all about her career, her most recent career switch, which I'm <laughs> so excited to talk about because I just feel like it's something that a lot of people are doing, whether they're quote-unquote influencers or whether they're just normal people who are looking for just something different in their lives Mm -hmm. um so I'm really excited to chat with you about that see how it's going like kind of what what led you to this and just talk about your career journey overall I think it's going to be a really great episode so first I would love if you could just introduce yourself to us I'm sure a lot of people on here listening already know who you are and what you do and what you did but for those who don't why don't you tell us like what you did at L'Oreal and what you're doing now Wow, so this is quite the ordeal, the narrative. Um, yeah. It's actually so fresh, too, that this all happened. So this is like, this is the first podcast I'm breaking the news to. So wow. congrats. This is breaking news, people. <laughs> this is breaking news. Yes, I posted the video now last week when this is going to go live. So very fresh, but essentially so... My name is Katie Bilotti. I live in New York. I've been here ever since I graduated in 2018. So and you went to Elon, I went right? to Elon in North Carolina, and I studied communication design. So I've nice. always had a, a crazy passion for graphic design and mm-hmm. for making things digitally. As you know, you know, YouTube kind of started that for me, and right. then just from there, I've like I've I love everything design and just creating things. So naturally, when the, you know, the opportunity presented itself to work at L'Oreal, which I'll get into that. That was a huge yeah, process. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah, I, you know, sta- snapped it up. I loved it. I, I wanted to do it. It was something that just called my name at the time. I took the job. I mean, there were some hesitancies on my end, just knowing having this YouTube channel, having this other thing that I do. There was a worry that I wasn't going to have enough time for both, you know, right. in the back of my mind. But of course, I did what I thought I was supposed to do and took the job. That was incredible. Yeah. You know, great offer in my dream city doing beauty, which I love and I've been doing beauty since like the beginning of time. And so it just made sense. So I took the job at L'Oreal. I was there. I started in June 2018 and okay. then I just left. My last day was October 31st, 2019. So it's like a year and a half. A little over, yeah, a year and like five months, mm-hmm. I think. So it was a huge decision leaving, but I have not looked back since. It's been like two weeks technically because I was yeah. in London for a little bit, but like technically speaking, it's been like two weeks and I, I genuinely am so happy with my decision. It wasn't an overnight decision. It definitely took some time to right. decide, but I've decided to instead pursue freelance and okay. work more as a consultant. So definitely putting a lot more time into my YouTube and things I love, like, you know, working on Instagram partnerships and things as we all do. And, you know, things like that. The podcast, I have my own podcast as well, where I talk about life, love in New York City. You should definitely oh. listen to it if you're ever just interested in any of those topics. So I have all those things that I do. And, you know, I, I 
want to devote more time to those things and just become a, honestly like just a more normal human being because I was burnt out. Right. I was staying up till 2 a.m. every night getting everything done. I was working basically the equivalent of two full-time jobs. Right, which is like no way to live. Right. So I decided one had to go. It happened to be L'Oreal despite it being a great company and now I'm working more in the freelance realm. I'm going to do more freelance design. I design tattoos for people mm-hmm. right now. It's going to expand from there. I want to help with your resumes. I want to help with your website. Oh. Amazing. Wait, guys, that's great for you guys. Hit up Katie because literally the number one thing I get asked on this thing is like resume tips, how to make my resume stand out, things like that. So definitely go to Katie for that, guys. Yeah, I'm definitely going to roll that out. More so having like templates probably to start Mm -hmm. and then, you know, eventually maybe if I have more time, which I'm never going to have more time, but like some time where I can bracket out doing more custom stuff for people. So yeah, that's all in the pipeline of happening in the next, probably the next year. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited. I'm just like genuinely very excited about life right now. Yeah, that's amazing. So before we get into what you did at L'Oreal, because I'm sure a lot of people are interested in that as well, just getting a little bit more of a better idea of what your full-time job was, I just want to say that I commend you so much for this. And I think that doing something like this is super scary and -hmm. super brave. Like, it's really hard to, like, kind of go against the grain and do something different that you're, quote-unquote, not supposed to do. Like, everyone thinks after college you're supposed to get a job and do this and do that. And I cannot even imagine how much time you spent on YouTube and your podcast and all this stuff because my YouTube and my podcast is like a fraction of my life. I'm just the kind of person where like I want to be in an office. Like I want to work at a company. It's how I've always seen my life personally. Mm -hmm. But I do YouTube and I do the podcast because I think it's really fun and it's like a way for me to like exercise my passion outside of work. And still, I am up until midnight doing these things late on videos, late on episodes. So I literally can't even imagine what it's like to like actually be making real money off of YouTube and have a real career out of it and do a full-time thing. Like I, I literally can't even imagine how much time you spend. So like kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you. Cause that is an accomplishment within itself, but having an opportunity like this to make your own brand, to make your own business and do something for yourself that like is totally you might only come up once in a blue moon. So like yeah. take it while you can and if it doesn't work out or if it does work out and then you're like, wait, I think I want to go back to corporate. That was fun. Yeah. No one's stopping. No, I know. Them. And when I was telling my parents about this, because of course, like, you know, I decide on my own, I tell my friends, and then I tell my parents and I break the news. Okay. And See, <laughs> I would be like, I would like wake up in the middle of the night and be like, mom, I have this idea. Yeah. And like, she'd be the first one. That oh, no, no. Out. She was not. Well, so my parents are typically the first people I come with, come to news with, but I almost, or come with, come to with news. Yeah. Come to with news. Come to with news. Um, but for this, it was more so... Uh, I almost needed to, okay because your parents their job is to tell you all the things that could go wrong you know they're, they're right. there to believe in you but they're also there to be realistic and remind you of how much your rent costs that's what my mom said that was the first thing she said but so essentially what I did was I decided it on my own and decided the day I was going to do it like I was going to do it the next morning and I broke the news the night before to my parents and I was like instead of saying should I do this right. I said I'm going, I'm going to do this well you're an adult like right and it's really weird when you right. get to that point in your life when you're like wait I don't have to ask permission to no, do these things no I know anymore. you know I'm supporting myself we're sitting in my studio apartment right now that I pay for like you know so that's how I did it and when I was talking to them about it like I was surprised by the reaction because I was just expecting them to be like not that I don't think that they're you know just always cheering me on which they are but I just was waiting for you know the other shoe to fall and then to say but that's a really bad decision but ultimately they were like this is great for you. Like, we are so proud of you. The, you know, the typical things parents say, but they said that, you know, this is the most freedom you're ever going to have right now before. I mean, not that our lives are meant to be surrounding, like having a family and such, but but eventually that is something I want, you know, and I want to have kids someday. And so in my twenties before, you know, the dreaded like 30 hits where it's like, you're going to like your your eggs, you know, you only have a limited time or you got to freeze your eggs and like that whole you know, debate. I can't even begin to think right? about that because like right? I'm so single that like I'm so single that too. I'm like oh my god I have <laughs> six years to find someone. Exactly. I'm like that is not enough The time. biological clock is ticking. No but I mean luckily now we have more technology you can freeze your eggs you can take more totally. time. Totally. Whatever. I, I digress. The main argument here is that in your 20s like this is the most freedom I'll ever have. Yeah. And so 
it would be a shame if I didn't exercise it now. I would not want to wake up and be 35 and have not done one thing that I, not one risk has been taken. Right. So that was my main justification. For I think that that's <laughs> totally justified. Yeah. And I think that's amazing for you. I want you to look at me and say, I can be that. Like that, you know, I can have what she has. Like I don't want to be this like crazy elevated person that's like in the sky. Like I can't look at her and say that anything that she has is relatable. But I, I want to be more so aspirational. Like I yeah. want to, to take the hard risks so you know that you can do them too. Totally. Like that's, I think, our job. Yeah. You know, in this, like, yeah. That's but also being a freelance graphic designer or freelance something like that is like that's a normal job that people have anyone with that passion can do that you can you know create invoices are easy like it's just it's something anyone can do and side hustles you know you know it's like the the most rewarding thing it's literally fully yours yeah literally we work with so many freelancers and contributors at work like it's a very normal progression of someone's career especially if they're in the creative field so now i want to talk to you a little bit more about what you actually did at l'oreal and what that job was and kind of the ins and outs of that sure so l'oreal what i specifically did was i worked so l'oreal is a massive company basically something i didn't know before i joined l'oreal is different than l'oreal paris right i didn't know that so l'oreal They encompass about 15 to 20 brands, some bigger than others, some you wouldn't even know are owned by L'Oreal. Valentino is owned by L'Oreal. Oh, wow. I know. It's more I know it's like Estee Lauder. So Estee Lauder versus L'Oreal. Like, they're two different. Like, Estee Lauder was our major competitor owned by them. But there's other things. There's, like, Johnson & Johnson and Mm -hmm. Cody and, like, other brands, whatever. That's way over my head. Essentially, I was working for L'Oreal Paris, which was owned, which is owned by L'Oreal. Got it. So L'Oreal Paris specifically is, you know, when you go to your CVS drugstore, L'Oreal Paris is there. Lash Paradise Pink Tube Mascara, mm-hmm. like, you know, the True Match Foundation of our youth on YouTube that right. everyone's just talking about. Yeah, that is a L'Oreal brand. And so I was working for L'Oreal Paris, specifically cosmetics, and I was doing social and digital content. Okay. So when I first started, I was a coordinator and... We, I mean, myself and my my boss and my coworkers, we all established pretty quickly that I was doing way more than coordinating work as I was leading content, basically. Leading content from like an actually creating the content standpoint because my boss was more so directing, obviously, all of content for social digital. And then my coworker, Shannon, she was doing more managing and strategy. And I was the person actually creating the content, if that makes sense. Yes. So I was leading photo shoots. I was working with retouchers. I was nice. shooting a lot of content myself, which I didn't anticipate doing before, but my job kind of molded into something that encompassed way more. So I was right. promoted pretty quickly to assistant manager of social oh, nice. digital because that just honestly made more sense. Because yeah. coordinator was not what I was doing. Because coordinator right. roles are typically administrative stuff. Totally. And that's not what I was doing at yeah. all. So, yeah. I mean, I guess the one thing to note is L'Oreal Paris is a massive old company. So it's very much... It's just a huge company. It's very different than like a startup or a right. small company. Basically, everything I was creating had to go through so many people before mm-hmm. it was going live, which was frustrating. But yeah. it was also, it grew me really fast because I had to kind of almost like anticipate what they were going to say and like move and pivot and have different mm-hmm. renderings. And like it really, I, I learned more in a year and a half at L'Oreal than I learned in four years of school. Yeah. It's so actually getting that hands-on experience is... Right. Is invaluable. Right. And I feel the same way working at Discovery because, well, Discovery owns Food Network, which is where I work. And it's interesting because, at least for me, and it might have been the same for you, for you, within your team, it feels like a very cool, young, startup-y vibe because it's a bunch yeah. of young people have with great ideas, being very creative. But then, yeah, you have to send it down these... Funnels. The, yeah, these funnels yeah. of people who maybe don't have the same vision as you and you do have to kind of figure out how yeah. to make everything work. So it is a very interesting um, kind of ladder to be a part of yeah. to um, figure out how to make new, fresh content for young people at yeah. a company that has such deep roots. That is so old. Yes, yeah. exactly. But overall, it was like, I loved the job. I I loved the people. I loved, like you said, it was, there's people with such amazing fresh ideas. And like, where did that come from? Like you just pulled that out of nowhere, like mm-hmm. made this beautiful idea out of nothing. So yes, overall really, really rewarding position. Amazing. Yeah. So it sounds like day to day you're doing like a lot of 
on set work, at least from like your Instagram, it seems like that. Kind of run down a day for us that you were like, this was like such a fun time. Like, yeah. I mean, I think just any of the photo shoot days were super fun. I The last thing that I did before I left, actually, I planned this three, actually, yeah, three full day shoot. And basically what we were shooting was all of the new 2020 launches, fun. which is very fun because I don't want to give anything away, of course, but a lot of, you know, there's a lot of innovation happening for all beauty brands in 2020, I'm sure. So like the products were very exciting. That's so cool. And I got to, I love going to, like, I led a model casting. So like we worked with an agency, of That's course. That's so but, fun. Like I got to say yes, no, yes, no to models. I got to like look at their faces up close and have it, you know, it was just very cool to be able to like be a part of the process from yeah. start to finish. So I, I ended love up, that. It's yeah. like one of my favorite things about oh, any yeah. project is just like being there from the pitch to the pre-production at least yeah. in my mind because it's video to post like I love seeing every yeah. aspect of it it's so yeah. fun it makes presenting the final work that much more valuable so yeah so that was a really great rewarding experience I also you know personally I have such like very deep morals when it comes to casting so it was cool to be able to firsthand decide that I want these extremely diverse models like I want all skin tones represented I want people that don't have perfect skin like I yeah. want this 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 and it was cool to be able to make those decisions so that, that was is great. so cool and then we did the three-day shoot I let it I was like on set like picking up the girl's hair and putting you know like I was like, I love doing that stuff. it was very really just awesome honestly. yeah so that was like probably my most favorite activity that I did was just the photo shoots. Yeah. It just yeah. feels so fun. I um I led my first like big production over the summer. Um and it's just like so fun to like be the one that's like in charge. Like oh, you yeah. just feel like so powerful and like honestly having that stance makes you so much more creative and so much more willing to try something new because you're like wait this is like my vision like I can right I can experiment here you don't have right. to ask someone else's permission at least in that moment right to accomplish something which I love and I think is so fun so I totally relate to that okay so that was L'Oreal which I'm sure everyone was excited to hear about let's dive into a little bit more about your journey of how you got there your internships like how you got your first internship how you ended up getting your job at L'Oreal if you've had internships I have no idea <laughs> so let's start with like your first like like real experience like working in the world sure so well obviously you know the first real working experience was YouTube yeah. <laughs> you know getting my 1099 you know uh, filing for all that stuff like that was very real in terms of like having a job and I was getting paid and whatever and so through college I actually did mostly just you know YouTube work mm -hmm. Instagram became very monetizable and so I was doing that a lot and I, my sophomore year, summer after sophomore year, a lot of people get internships then too. Right. I decided to forego that. I just worked for myself. I worked at home in Maryland where I'm from and I just did YouTube stuff and I was actually gearing up to go abroad the following semester. Which you, you know, went to Florence, I went right? to Florence. It was the most amazing time as everyone who went abroad will talk about, yes. you know, talk your ear off about yep. how changed they are after going. Ugh. It's, I mean, I went to London and like I got back and I was like, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't learn a no. new language. No. I was I just like I just like went to Selfridges every day. Yeah. I like am exactly the same. I'm exactly the same, but my face was just a little bit rounder. Oh my god, pasta. So Whew. yeah, that's a whole. Other just like by the time senior year yeah. ended, I look back at pictures of me senior year. And I'm like, <laughs> your face is a perfect circle. How? How? I know. How it did was, nobody tell you? No, because it it happened so slowly that you just it wasn't like an overnight my face turned into a circle. But you know what happened? <laughs> then I moved to New York and like started my real life, and literally overnight it turned back into a normal shape. Yeah. Like it happened overnight. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is what my face is supposed yeah. to look like. Nice. No, exactly. I feel the same way. Yeah. So yeah. Summer after sophomore year, I just took it easy and did YouTube stuff and was just saving, 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 and like, you know, you get the picture. Then junior year, I was talking to a friend of mine at school who really wanted to move to New York post-grad, and I wanted to move to New York post-grad. Um, she's my one of my best friends, Julia. And so we were gearing up to, you know, get internships, and we're like, do you want to both look in New York and get an apartment, like a small shoebox apartment, pay like next to nothing, mm -hmm. which we found out is impossible. You're going to always pay something. Yeah, and, obviously. And, you know, get internships. So she had an internship at like at a studio situation she does cinema stuff more so and so I was looking for internships and I found one through my dad actually nice. he of course you know family because I didn't know what I was just gonna you know maybe even just come here to do YouTube and, right but my parents were like you know you gotta get a real job yeah blah, blah. whatever you know this feel so my dad had a friend that he used to work with um and she 
worked in finance for this company called Psycho Bunny. It was a men's, or it is a men's clothing brand. And she was like, yeah, we just need someone a few hours, you know. It was like a very small internship. It was like four hours a day. Oh, nice. I went in at 11. I, you know, and I had a trouble. I had trouble going in at 11. I was like, because we were, whatever, for whatever reason, my friend and I were like, we're like, we're going to go out every single night. Well, I get that. Like, when you're new in this city, you want that. Like, it's also like, it's it's intern season. Like, we're doing like, B-Bar and Phoenix. Oh, you know. But yeah, so I did that internship and actually it was honestly like, I mean, on the low, it was the most miserable time for me because, well, I I have always had these just competing like visions for myself and I really wanted to do more YouTube stuff and like having a significant amount of time devoted during the day to this company. I was like, I don't have time, whatever. Now, when I took the L'Oreal job, I realized I really didn't have time, but like, you know, I was just obviously thinking like I could do better things with my time right now. It's men's clothing and I wasn't very passionate. I'm also not like a fashion blogger technically. Like I don't really love, like fashion, yes, but I'm an outfit repeater. like care like I'm like yeah so it wasn't an amazing fit I think the biggest issue was they just didn't have enough work for me I think that was worse I mean I want to be grateful here and it was like a great opportunity but I think the issue was they didn't need someone for that long of a time period every day yeah even an hour a day I could have worked remotely and produced twice as much content for them I think it was just I don't know but and also, I think it's hard when, like, you're in a situation like that. Because I think a lot of internships, to be very transparent, are like that. Like, oh, you yeah. sit there all day. You don't have that much to do. And, like, sometimes it's just the way the cookie crumbles. And, like, that's the way the internship is. But I think it's different if you, like, have this set goal for yourself. Like, at least for me, like, I've had plenty of internships where I'm like, mm-hmm. this is stupid. Like, I, yeah. I'm i sitting here and I'm literally doing nothing. But I was like, you know what? I'm a video intern at this big company. And, like, if I want to get my next internship, I need this intern. Yeah. And, like, if you see yourself going down that route, it almost makes it worth it. You're like, well, this is what I have to be doing. Right. But I can see why it's hard when you have this whole other life. Right. That you can be like, wait, this is actually something tangible for me that I can make and create myself. Like, why am I here? I know. Yeah. So that was kind of my mentality. But, of course, like you said, I stuck it out because yeah. I was like, this could get me, you know, a number of things. You kind of just have to have something on your resume. Like, YouTube wasn't totally. enough because a lot of employers don't understand that. Now they do more so than they did, but like, you know, Yes, still, and also so. depends on where you're applying and right. like what the company I had is. no idea. I was one of those people, like, I feel like it's the majority or the silent majority in school that had no idea what I was doing post-grad. I had no, mm-hmm. I just knew I wanted to be in New York and I'm happy I made it here. That was the only thing that I could see, like when I was like envisioning my future, that's all I could see. I had no idea what industry yeah. I was going to be in. I think that that's majority of people. I feel like I'm the rare breed that I was like, I know exactly what I want to do. Like, I knew exactly what I wanted to do the day I stepped on Syracuse University campus. <laughs> like, I had a plan. And, I mean, I'm very grateful that it's worked out and I've stuck yeah. through with that plan and it came to fruition. But, like, I think I'm the weird one where I'm like, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Like, most people don't. Yeah. But no one, like, wants to say that. They're like, oh, they pick one thing and they're like, this is what I'm going to do. And, like, then they realize, wait, I'm kind of unhappy with this. But, yeah. like, I'm just going to tell people this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So that was how I was, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I guess, so from there, senior year rolled around, the scariest year when you're, like, asked every five minutes, so what are you doing post-grad? And I was like, I still don't know. Thanks for asking again. Yeah. And so at that point, I was actually doing a bunch of really exciting YouTube opportunities where I was, or collaborations with brands, and it was getting a lot bigger scale, and I was getting very excited about that. And so at that time, I was doing a really major collaboration with L'Oreal Paris as an influencer. So I was working with them. I went to London with them. I went to the Golden Globes with them. Oh my God, I remember that. Yes, yes. So fun. I was going to so many events, you know, on their behalf as an influencer, promoting their products, and... I fell in love with the team. Like the team at L'Oreal, they're amazing. Still are. A lot of it's changed since I was an influencer. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people have left and whatnot, and that was kind of sad to see once I right. like, joined the team that they had all left. But nonetheless, like what attracted me to L'Oreal was the team element of it, and they would all they would take us out to dinners and like oh, get trains. So and, like, as influencers, I felt very heard. I was the youngest person by far on every trip, and I still felt so heard by this team. And so the social team specifically, there was two girls in the team that I became so close with. I would text them for advice. Like I was so close with them. And then I remember getting a text from the director of social and digital at the time when I was a senior in college, and she was like, hey, do you have time to chat? 
on Saturday morning or like it was like a random weekend. I don't know why she wanted to talk <laughs> on a Saturday morning, but she was like, I have something to talk to you about. It's pretty big. Like, wow, what an exciting you know. texture. And you? I was, I was, well, cause yeah, I was currently drowning in my, you know, worries about post-grad. And so she called me and essentially kind of said, she was like, I have this opening. It's quick turnaround. You'd have to start. It was I graduated second week of May. I started at L'Oreal June 1st. Like the first I started week. at Food Network June yeah. 1st. Or like one of those. Yeah. yeah. I know. That's like a very common. Yeah. Yeah. So it was quick turnaround, whatever, but she essentially had a position. I had to go through the process of interviewing, of right. course. Like it wasn't like, but it was cool that I already knew her. So I kind of yeah. had my foot in the door. And I know this story doesn't sound extremely relatable to people. I actually think like, there's a way that it can be relatable for sure. But the thing is, sure. though, like I think that the thing that differentiated me in this instance was doing something else. I wasn't just creating everything I needed to create for class. I was creating these YouTube videos. I was doing other things. So I think if anyone is listening that like wants to have a similar situation to this, do something that isn't assigned. Create totally. something that's, you know, that you don't have to create that you want to. Yeah. And that's what you do. Yeah. That's what we all do. I always you know? say, and I've said it before on the podcast, if you are a video creator and you want to be a producer, you have to produce. If you want to be a writer, you have to write. Like, you can't just apply to these jobs and be like, yeah, I want to be a producer. But, like, there are so many means to go out there and start producing. Or if you want to be a graphic designer, like, have a portfolio. Have a... Have have something that you can show them. Like, I've done this outside of my my school. Like, I take my own time to do this. And that's what's going to set you apart. And I also have to say that I think that your story of how you ended up getting the job... It's very similar to like any story of any intern or anyone who has any connection. Just being a real human and mm-hmm. like making a connection with someone and getting their foot in the door. Like you could think of your time working with L'Oreal as an influencer as sort of like a quote unquote internship. And it would be exactly the same thing as as, as if any other intern on the street kept in contact with their boss and asked them for advice and right. stuck with their past coworkers and like made themselves somewhat a part of the team right right it's exactly what you did and it's what anyone with any internship should do to successfully get a job after an internship or an opportunity it's exactly the same and it's also about expressing interest so you know as I, I was spending a lot of time with these women like on trips and I always was you know bringing up the topic of like I'm not really sure what I'm doing post grad but like this is kind of what I want to do like loosely describing what they do and hoping that maybe it was planting some seeds with them right. like that was kind of how I did it and honestly like I always forget that this happened like that's why I didn't bring it up before but junior year I was working with L'Oreal junior year senior year mm-hmm. actually even sophomore year too I was working with L'Oreal for a long time before I got the job um I actually like was on the the brink of having an internship within junior year and it ended up not working out. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it didn't work out. And so I was a little bummed right. about that. So, like, when I got the job offer, I was like, finally. Yes. You know, it's all about planting seeds, getting your foot slightly, slightly totally. lower. You know, you're not always going to get it, like, on the first try. Exactly. But they know you're interested. Yeah. And I also think that's something to keep in mind and to note if if you are thinking about, like, switching jobs or you're interviewing for jobs. Like, just because you don't get something on the first interview or maybe you're not right for that position like just having those connections with HR people people on teams that you've met and maybe connected with but didn't get the job like don't take that as defeat just take it as a moment to be like okay now I have this contact that I can reach out to and stay in contact with like that's a great way to look at it and kind of spin something that could be a little bit more negative and take it and make it something positive just think of every opportunity to meet someone as someone to add into like little black book of people to connect with in the future type of thing. Right. And you never know what's going to be like a job interview. Like a coffee could be a job interview. Exactly. You never know. That's why when (laughs) you ask people for informational coffee interviews, they know what you really want. Like, Oh yeah. You're not going to connect with someone on LinkedIn and be like, Hey, I would love to get coffee or chat on the phone and then be like, Oh yeah, they just want to learn about my job. Like just want to get coffee. (laughs) Obviously they know that you're looking for an opportunity. They want to learn more. They, you want to learn because you're interested in working there. They're not stupid. They know what you want. So always have your best foot forward, obviously. And always tell them that you're interested and don't be afraid to be like hey like if there's ever a job opportunity like I want it 
Right. No one, yeah, you're not going to get in trouble for being too eager. You know, if anything, people want eager people in the workplace. Mm-hmm. That is like the way to get a gold star is to be super passionate and eager about things. So, yeah, that's my two cents. Yeah. Honestly. yeah. Okay. So we had L'Oreal. Yes. And you worked there for like a year and a half. And now we're here. Now we're to here. You no longer being in the corporate world, working for yourself. What was kind of like the moment when you were like, I just think that this is it for me. Like I need to not. Yeah, I think, so there were like little feelings here and there where it, it honestly came in like frustration for me in the term, in the sense that like I was getting really frustrated and really angry with very simple things in my life. And usually when you're like really angry at something dumb, like I would like stub my toe and get, and have a, like a panic attack. Like, you know, I would just like, yeah. because something else is nagging and you just have to figure out what that something else is that's nagging you know underground under all the issues it's like there's something that's you know I was snapping at my friends I was just right. being, I was irritable I was like canceling plans I was just upset all the time and I think that the root reason was because of my job but I didn't quite know what it was right and so it kind of came down to me sitting at work and just like having these moments where I'd zone out and imagine my life if I didn't have to do these things. Because I think there's this common misconception that, like we said earlier in the podcast, that having a nine to five corporate job after college, like right when you graduate is the norm. It's what you're supposed to do. You know, why else would we go to four years of college or why would we even exist if not to have a job that we, you know, put our blood, sweat and tears into nine to five. And I I just was starting to lose the passion. I yeah. think that once the I once I got comfortable in the job, I realized that, you know, although I was learning a lot, that wasn't the problem. It wasn't that I wasn't feeling like I was growing. It was I just was no longer passionate about my job. And yeah. I Which just, also you know, I have to say is I think normal for anyone because right. I think that once you hit like a year and a half, two years, you start getting to that point where you're like, all right, I'm itching for something yeah. new. Especially yeah. if you're in a creative role. Because right. creative people want to work and thrive in new, different environments. That's, like, part of being a creative. So I think that that's very normal for anyone, despite their situation. Like, anyone who is at a job for, like, a year and a half, two, three years starts to get that feeling, for sure. Right, and the first step is noticing that you're, you know, unhappy. And the second step is doing something about it. But for me, it was really hard because I... I mean, for anyone, it was like, I, I just kept convincing myself that I was being dramatic and I was like, Katie, this is, this is the right move. Like you're secure here. You're happy enough here. You're not miserable. Right. You're like, you're, you're coasting along. Cause there's so many people who are miserable at right. their jobs and right. they're like, I'm not that like, I like my job, but there's something missing. I would like something else better, but like, I just feel like I need to be happy with what I have because so many people would kill for this job, which is true. So many people would DM me saying, you have the dream job. And I was like, well, what if this dream job is no longer my dream? You know? And I, I feel like at one point I just kind of woke up almost like in the wrong story. Like I just woke up one day and was like, how did I get here? Like, yes, this is a dream. This is like the coolest thing I'm doing, all these really great things, but this is like someone else's dream. This isn't mine. Yeah. And so I just realized it was time to go. And for me, I, like I said, I was, you know, convincing myself, like I should, I literally bought new office supplies for my desk thinking that would make me want to stay. I bought a plant. (laughs) I bought things to make me happier at work because I thought, yes, it was all just me trying to like make excuses. You know, it's almost like dusting things under the rug instead of like cleaning it up fully. It's like just like temporary distractions. Like that was what I was doing. And so I realized how toxic that was. And I, you know, I actually, so I had this meeting with my manager in the city, my manager for YouTube. Mm. Um, I've been with her since I was like 17. So she knows me like through and through. And she's been super understanding with me wanting to have a corporate job. And like, she was like, we can still work together. I totally understand like whatever. Yeah. So we were working together while I was working at L'Oreal and she came to the city and I was like, I have something I want to talk to you about. And I, you know, the first person that heard about anything from this angle was her mm-hmm. and I was like here's the deal I was just word vomiting talking for like an hour about this and she was like Katie like I fully understand like the anxiety surrounding this I just want you to know like because basically I ended by saying if I'm doing freelance if I'm just doing YouTube and all of this stuff that we do together do you think I'll support be able to support myself my biggest fear was you know New York's an expensive city so ridiculous. I don't want to fall into debt I don't want to wake up and be terrified about where I'm going to get my next 
you know, paycheck from. Right. Like, it's really nice to have a steady paycheck exactly. that you know is going to come every one or two weeks. Right, right. And YouTube is not forever. I know that, even though it's lasted for a surprising long yeah. time. I've been on it for 10 years. But, you know, so, like, I just wanted to hear it from her. And she was like, Katie, like, you don't realize this is, you know, where we are right now with what we're doing. But you can explode it even further she was the person that actually put it in my mind first the whole idea of freelancing and she's like you are so talented in this way doing design doing this have you ever thought of xyz and she you know sat me at this table and we proposed and talked about these big projects that i could eventually work on like i you could go on tour and do your podcast on tour you could create you know notebooks and merchandise because i've never done that and right. like, there's so many things you could do but like you know, you just getting in your head and convincing yourself all the ways this could fail, like, that is not helping you. But it's totally the natural <laughs> response. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. You're obviously going to, I mean, it's it's a human response. It's yeah. Like, humans are, you know, we've been trained for, since the beginning of time to calculate risk. And so, of course, when you're taking a big move like this or making a big move, you're going to calculate the risk. And a right. big move means big risk. So you're worried and you're, you know. So that was where I started. And then eventually, so that was like on a Tuesday. That was the Tuesday of the week that I quit. Wow. Okay. And Wednesday, I talked to my friends about it. I got dinner with my friends and I talked to them. Thursday, I woke up and I quit. Wow. How did that go? Like, a lot of people do ask, like, how do I quit my job? Like, what do right. I do if I'm ready? Like, how do I go about that? Well, no one teaches you how to quit your job. That is one thing I've learned. Um, and also, it's so different in every situation. Yeah. Like, whether you're close with your boss, whether you're not so close with your boss, right. whatever. So what happened for me, which was kind of convenient in a sense, was I had three bosses while I was at L'Oreal for a year and a half, mind you. That's a long... Oh, three different bosses. Three different bosses. Okay. That's not a long period of time to have three different bosses. It was just like... A matter of the one woman that hired me, she ended up moving to Australia to oh. pursue something. So she left, and then we had another another new boss that was um, really great, but she decided she didn't love L'Oreal Paris, so she left. And so then we had a new boss um, who was hired right when I started to realize I wanted to quit. Really loved him, and it was very sad for me to tell him that I was leaving because I'm like, I know you just started, but so yeah. So basically, how it went was I first like the the natural order, which I didn't know this, I had to ask, a, I literally, so first I actually told one of my closest coworkers, mm -hmm. I was like, hey, I'm doing this. She's a little, she's actually a lot older than me. So I was like, can you help me figure yeah. out how to navigate this? So I definitely recommend, you know, having a trusted coworker. Totally. You ask and you, you run ideas by like, you know, so I, I decided it on my own that I was going to do it. And then I went to her and I was like, what's the natural order of things? She's like, well, you first go to HR so I first went to HR, I like basically emailed her in the morning and I was like, I need like an, an urgent meeting. Like I put like the little urgent on oh, Outlook yeah, email, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, the little, little like exclamation, exclamation point, point. And I was like, I need to meet with you now. So she like said, okay, come to my desk. So I talked to her for like five minutes. She, I, you know, I think she saw it coming kind of, honestly, everyone saw it coming apparently, which I didn't know, but like she was like, you know, cause I was actually so sidebar. I was looking into other roles within L'Oreal, not L'Oreal Paris, L'Oreal Company. So Got I it. was actually interviewing for this Essie nail polish role, um, which I was really excited about. But like, I think it was like fake excitement. I think that I was trying to again justify, or not yeah. justify, but again just kind of dodge what I was really like dusted under. Yeah. Yes, I was again. I just thought that changing maybe the company or the products would make me happier. Truly, would not have. I'm happy. I realized that. So she knew that I was unhappy at L'Oreal Paris. So I basically said, um, hi, um, like it was, there's no way to start this conversation. That's literally what yeah. I said. I said, hey, her name, um, there's really no good way to start this conversation, but I've decided to leave L'Oreal to pursue my own endeavors. I've decided, you know, I didn't go into detail. I was just like, you know, I want to put in my two weeks. I want to conclude on this date. Definitely go into it knowing which date you're gonna you're gonna end. Yeah. Um, I ended up actually staying longer than my ending date because I just finished out the month because I had some projects. But like I was initially, I was like, this is this. You don't ask, you tell. Mm -hmm. That's how you do it. And she was like, okay, have you told your boss? Have you told the VP? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I haven't told anyone. And she's like, okay, I'm gonna wait until you tell your boss and you tell everyone for me to 
go looking for the next person to fill your role. That's essentially, you know, what they are looking at. They want to find someone to fill your role right. as soon as possible. You can't take that personally. It's just how it works. Yeah. So, yeah, she also gave me a list of things to do before I left. So I had to, like, oh, you know, close okay. out my yeah, employment. Yeah, yeah. I had to make sure that, you know, my expenses were done. Like, there's just, like, all, like, the logistical stuff. I had to send out a letter of resignation, which was super Interesting. crazy. She's like, just Google a template. I'm like, you're telling, you're HR, you're telling me to Google a template. Don't but you have a template? I know, but it, no, I, I ended up, it was a beautiful letter. Oh, good. It's basically <laughs> just so they have record of you leaving and, right. and the fact that it was on good terms. Yeah. So basically... What I did from there was I went to my boss. I said, again, I was I scheduled an urgent meeting. He thought, I don't know what he really thought it was going to be about, but he started out the conversation talking about my goals and like was like, I want to make sure you accomplish your goals oh, here. Oh, God. That's and hard. it was super awkward because I had to, you know, he had his laptop open. He was taking like ready to take notes on like what I wanted to, to do next at L'Oreal because L'Oreal is huge on wanting to help you as a person grow, which is so incredible. So they wanted me to obviously, you know, it's very normal and natural to change roles within L'Oreal, right? you know, and not do the same thing your whole career, which is really great. That's what attracted me to the company. So he was ready to like take down all the notes. And I was saying to him, I was like, so uh, not to, this is verbatim what I said. Not to throw a curveball here, but I'm actually planning on leaving L'Oreal. Wow. Um, I wanted to tell you first, like, it's nothing against the company, against you. I was super excited to work with you, but this is just personally for me right now, what I need to do is go on my own and be entrepreneurial and do my own freelance thing. Yeah. That's how I said it. And he was like, he closes his laptop <laughs> and he goes, okay, I'm listening. Tell me more. And that was how it went. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, so we talked about it. He was super. He goes, as your boss, I'm very upset. I'm sad. As your friend, I'm so thrilled for you. Yeah. Like, it was it was the best way it could have possibly gone. And then next, I talked to the VP, which was harder to get a, a hold of her because she is very busy. So I basically had to walk up to her and say, hi, do you have five minutes? Because I didn't want HR to tell her first. Because right. it's just, you definitely want to be able to tell everyone yeah. yourself. Especially if you have a relationship with that person. And I had a relationship with her because she had been there the whole time that I was there. And I really looked up to her. We've had you know multiple one-on-one -on -one conversations where she was trying to help me with my career. So I really owed it to her to not have it be told to her via HR. Right. That's just not a good look. If you ever want to return to a company, you want to leave you know, in good graces, but you also just, it's a human thing. You want to be able to tell them yourself. So that was a big thing. So I asked HR to hold off, which you should. So I talked to her about it. I told her the same thing I told my manager. And she, again, she was super receptive. She even, she like got me emotional about it. Like we were like emotional yeah. together. That's when you know that you had a great relationship with your, you know, with your team. Totally. So that's how it went. And then from then on out, I was just kind of closing up shop in the sense of yeah. like making sure everything that I had started was finished. And I even went ahead. This is like, was not required, but I did it. This is another thing. If you're quitting your job, what you should do to leave on good terms. I created like a guide to my oh, job. Oh yeah. That's really smart. For the next person. So the onboarding process would be easier for them. So I made like a, a guide to being assistant social media manager. And so that's such a good super helpful. Yeah. For the next person. Wow. That's actually super smart to do. That's like a great thing to leave on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that's like, honestly, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I didn't know these things. Cause like, I've never thought about leaving my job. No, so like, yeah. I have never thought about like what I would do if that ever happened. Um, so it's actually super interesting to know like how it all went down. Um, okay, so that's like really everything we normally cover, but you got so many questions and also like we're already at the 45 minute, minute no mark, way. which what? is usually where I stop, I but like we it. are going to ask a few questions. I do. So, okay. So let's answer a few questions and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Okay. So we got a lot of questions like, are you still working at L'Oreal? Seems like she's doing a lot of things outside of work, which we've obviously answered. No, she's not at L'Oreal anymore. <laughs> So at the time when you were working at L'Oreal, how did you balance YouTube and your job? So as I said, not well, <laughs> but I did. So basically what was really important for me, so I'm, well, I'm a very visual person. I need to be writing things down too, or I'll forget it. So I would every single morning create like on a sticky or on like a piece of paper and tape it to my laptop, a to-do list. So at work, it helps me, but then also after work, like I have, I had my personal laptop and my work laptop and my work laptop and personal laptop both had a very similar looking sticky note on the side of the laptop 
you know, with very bracketed time stamps next to it to do items. Got it. So when I got home, you know, I would get home at usually seven o'clock because six thirty was when I left work. Okay. And it takes me a half an hour on the subway to get home. So I get in the door at seven. I would hopefully pick something up to eat dinner with on the way home because I did not have time to cook anything because it's I insane. hit the ground running as soon as I got home with everything else I needed to do. The sad part was it was dark by then, so right. I couldn't film anything. I would always film on Sundays, and mm-hmm. I just hope to God that I wasn't hungover because <laughs> that is the only day I had. Yeah, and you have like a super yeah super big social I life. A huge like, social life. It's I feel like you're always going out. You're always hanging out with your yes. friends. Like that's a whole other thing to juggle yeah. among all yeah. of this. Yeah, another reason why I would get so frustrated because I would just be jealous of my friends for not having to do, but then I loved everything. I couldn't cut anything out. It was just one of those things. So it's for time management in general, it's all about budgeting your time well, knowing when to invest and when not to invest. Obviously, you need to have time bracketed where you're doing nothing. That's the most important thing. Right. There would be you know, an hour of time where I would just lay in bed and read a book. Or when I say do nothing, I mean do nothing that's like, you know, making money or making like right, productivity. Right, right, it's right, like right. watching Gilmer Girls. I would do watching that. TV, yes, watching exactly, movies, exactly. reading, whatever. So that's really important, I think, for yeah. productivity. Okay, next question. Actually, a lot of people are asking like how to speak well in interviews and how to master public speaking. You're actually you're super eloquent and like you are really great at public speaking. So, do you have any tips for if you're you know presenting something or in an interview like how to just sound confident and be good at speaking in front of a crowd well yes I love public speaking it's something I want to do more of okay. and yeah that's something I've always been pretty good at I think it all just stems everything stems back from being a youtuber because we edit ourselves speak every single week for 10 years you right. realize what words you say a lot. I think that's actually important. So if you're going to do like a presentation or anything like that, record yourself first and pay notice to, but not too much notice to because you, you're not going to be perfect. Right. There's no way. I say like, I say um sometimes, but for me, I actually say a lot of phrases. A lot of times, like there's certain phrases I say a lot that I like totally. have learned, especially after podcasting that I say a lot and I'm like trying to not do that as much. Yes. But I think recording yourself, you know, and also just in terms of confidence, I think it's important to just when you're speaking, you might not be an expert, but when you're speaking, when I'm speaking, I always convince myself that I am an expert. I yes. am, I psych myself up before I record or before I do anything because I'm like, you know what? Yes, I have imposter syndrome every single day of my life. Obviously. I think that I don't deserve things. I think that I'm not talented, whatever. Which even is ridiculous. If, even if people are telling me I am, I'm still going to convince myself I'm not. So in that moment, I say, you know what? That can be dealt with in the next hour of my life. In this hour of my life, I am an expert. I am a badass bitch, and I'm about to give the best presentation of my life. Yes. Um, okay, I love this question. And I just think it's such a good one for really any future guests. I might start asking it every single time because it's so good. What's the biggest thing you've learned from your coworkers? The biggest thing I've learned from my coworkers? Um, okay, I think this is honestly like something I wish someone told me. I think it's it seems pretty natural, but you'd be surprised. So your coworkers, at the end of the day, they are your coworkers. But I've learned that get like getting cozy with your coworkers, not in the sense of hooking up with them, but being right, like, nice to them, seeing them outside of work, getting drinks, you know, doing a number of things. You never know where these people are going to go in life. Totally. First you never know totally. who's going to be a CEO. You never know those things. But you also, that is how you get your projects done. For me, you know, being social media, I was working across a lot of different, I was working within marketing. I didn't say that, but I was working within the marketing teams. Got so it. marketing was broken up into eyes, lips, face at L'Oreal. Oh, interesting. So there's teams for each, you know, team that, a director for each category. So I was working across a lot of brands and there's a lot of people that were asking me for things. I was asking people for a lot of things. I needed a lot of product information. I needed this, I needed that. Yes. I'd email these people and they're super busy and I you know, at the beginning when I didn't really know anyone and I was kind of like very rigid and not so friendly with people because I was nervous, people would, you know, not answer my emails basically. <laughs> they would take days right. to respond to me. Because I'm now, you know, at, at the point where I was friends with people, totally. I was like buddy, buddy with them. I was getting drinks with them after work. They answered my emails quickly. Yeah. And so it's all about just getting to that point, but not too cozy to the point where totally. you're talking shit all the time. Like, that's not how you should be. And right. notice when you're being like that because no one wants to be around a person that's just constantly talking about work drama. But I think it's just, it's, 
you know, you don't think, because the thing is, you don't have to be friends with your coworkers. They are your coworkers. No. You don't have to be friends with them, but I will tell you, it will get you very far if you are friends And with also, them. it makes work so much more fun. Yes. Like, you're there every single day for eight hours. Like, I know. Be friends with the people that you work with. Like, yeah. you... You spend majority of your time you with them. You spend more time with them than your actual friends. No, you so. really do. You really do. So those are all the questions we're going to do because a lot of them were like, how often do you think about quitting your job at L'Oreal? Well, it's done. <laughs> so I think that just the podcast in general answered a lot of those questions. Yeah. Um, I am so excited to edit and upload this episode. I just think that there were so many good tidbits of information. And the number one thing that I think you guys should take away from this episode and just Katie's whole story in general is that you don't have to be a YouTuber, an influencer, an Instagrammer to make the same decisions that Katie made for herself. Like being a freelancer and doing your own thing and owning your own company and achieving your own dreams is not something that's reliant on having a following or having, you know, um, already kind of like a for a platform there for you. Like you can totally do these things and be a freelancer and start your own job and start your own company from ground zero. That's how majority of hugely successful people start. And I just think that's something to remember and something to keep in mind. If any of your favorite people have made a change in their life, like you can do it too. It's not just because they have followers. Yeah. It's because they have passion. And if you have that same passion, you could totally do it as well. And, and I just energy. think it's a big takeaway. Energy to reach out. You have to reach out. Yes. Because if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. And, you know, yeah. Totally. Well, Katie, do you have any final thoughts to share? Oh, my gosh. I feel like I just, like, gave you my life story. I loved it. But if I have to say anything, I guess, it's just if you if you find yourself in the wrong story leave yeah like, don't stay there because it's what you think you're supposed to do you know everyone's just gonna look different obviously but just there's no blueprint for life it's like there's nothing set in stone you can change you can decide to change your life any day totally it's just up to you so and yeah. also if you do make that change like don't be obviously it is scary but there's always a way to solve an issue like you can always go back you can always figure yeah. out another path like yeah. There's no one straight line to success or to happiness. Like, there's definitely twists and turns along the way. Right. So, that is it yes. for today's episode. Guys, obviously, if you have any additional questions for Katie, of course, you can reach out to her. I'm sure you guys all already follow her. But if you do have them, please Instagram DM her, reach out to her, whatever, follow her on IG. Also, if you have any questions for me, people you want to see on the podcast, more specific things about this episode, feel free to DM me at bitchworkpodcast Instagram or my Instagram at Jordan Rebecca. Be sure to leave a review in the Apple podcast store because I love reading your reviews. Follow me on YouTube and yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.